Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is anyone else's car getting four weeks to the gallon right now? Or is it just me? Just you. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. I saw that the Powerball jackpot for tomorrow night is a 24-pack roll of Charmin. So rush out and get your tickets, folks, would be my advice. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events. Strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Now each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed picks and pulls on her unconscious mind and that's the very tune she snores. Let's have a listen. I like big butts and I can't deny it. No. It's an odd tune for my mother to be listening to, Jenny. approaching nearly 80. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and other vessel, Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She's also a producer and sound engineer. Heather purposely cries whilst cutting carrots so onions don't think they are ugly or something. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> Hello. I saw a carrot out and about this week in a mask. It was going to a mask carrot ball. No. Oh, no. Nope. I love this show. I also wish to introduce... The Mad and Crazy! Michelle Corrie. She was born and raised in Mora, 
Minnesotan has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Last month, Michelle's financial advisor said to invest in alcohol and drugs in this economy. Today, she found out he meant companies. Welcome to the show, Michelle. <laughs> Hello. Alcohol, because no great story started with someone eating a salad. As convention now dictates, joining us from the cold tundra that is northern Wisconsin, up there in Superior, is one of the team leaders of the International Paranormal Society, Scott Kenner. Scott's body has absorbed so much soap and disinfectant this week that when he pees, he cleans the toilet bowl. Welcome to the show, Scott. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening, ladies. Hello. Scott isn't complaining too much about his situation, as he remembered someone was quarantined with his ex. There's always someone worse off than yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) They are mad, bad, and paranormal. This is Season 3, Episode 98 creeping ever closer to that elusive 100 episode we're going to have a celebration we have many unopened boxes in the studio of gifts that are sent to us and i know we were supposed to open some in easter but we're going to save them all up have a massive party just in two weeks time on the anniversary we're going to do a hundredth episode of season three so thank you to everyone who sent bits and pieces in we will open those in due course i hope nothing was living if no. you're going to keep waiting. What on earth would they send to us? What, a tortoise. Someone sent us a frog. Look, it would have been lovely two weeks ago, but now it's dehydrated. Now it's dead. To plop it back in water to rehydrate the little fella. They're all dead. Take it for a drag. Still dead. Yep, dead frogs. That's yeah. why our listeners are sending to us. <laughs> this is season three, episode 98. We currently have a listening party. This is awesome, especially in current times. If you wish to play along with the quiz, if you wish to join in the jokes, the banter, the frivolity, you can go to our Facebook site. Search for more questions than answers with Adrian Lee and you will find many, many fans of the show all playing along. I'm about to jump into a round called A Lack of General Knowledge. People play along. You can see if you get the questions right or whether you're like the panel here in the studio <laughs> and get them all wrong. So we enter the first round, as always, by striking the potato peelings Martin-sponsored gong of infinite knowledge with the diced beetroot of facts and the limp cabbage leaves of statistics. Stand back. Martin! Thank you, Martin. It's like Pavlov's dog. They're poised. They're ready. Have your brains sharpened? Are you ready to jump in? No. No. Perfect. On this day, in 1929, we celebrate the birthday of Max von Sydow, the Swedish actor oh. who starred... In The Exorcist, Dune, Flash Gordon as Ming the Merciless, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. He also sadly passed away last month, so for the very first time, in the history of MQTA Radio. I cannot believe that strange, bizarre, and fascinating facts about The Exorcist. See, we are a paranormal quiz show. Feeling confident? Was this a film you liked? I don't remember. You don't remember it? I didn't see it till I was in my 30s. We actually met Linda Blair. We did? About a year ago, didn't we? Yep. I uh, got her autograph. She wrote something along the lines of Sweet Dreams, Adrian, (gasps) on the film poster. Do you know that classic scene where he's standing in the light, standing in front of the house as he's been dropped off by the taxi? Yeah. Which is actually a copy of a Magritte painting. A very famous Belgian surrealist artist did that painting originally, and then they recreated that for the film poster. But yes, all of our questions tonight for the first part of the quiz are on the theme of The Exorcist. I saw this film, first of all, on a pirate video, VHS, 
in my second year at art college uh, because I don't think it was released in Britain without cuts until 1999. Wow. Which is amazing for a film that was made in 74, right? Yeah. So in art college, there was a pirated copy of the film and I was with two lads. We all lived in the same student house and we sat and watched it. I wouldn't say it was necessarily. It wasn't necessarily scary. There was blipverts. There was a little scene where a devil's face comes up for a split second. That was the creepy stuff, right <laughs> there. Unbelievable. 1991, I believe that to be. So the youngest priest in the film was Father William O'Malley. What's unique about Father William O'Malley? Straight off the bat, before I jump in and ask any questions, you should know, ladies. What? It's geographically poised. From Minnesota. He is from Minnesota. Would you like to be more specific than that? He was actually at one of the churches that is only 45 miles away. That is also true. I will tell you that Father William O'Malley came from Jackson. He was born in Jackson, which is literally 20 minutes south of us before you get Mm -hmm. into Iowa. So the next town down, that's a strange town, isn't it, Jackson? They've got the Witch of Loon Lake. Then you find out that the guy that was the original priest for The Exorcist, what the film was based on. Because yep. he did that exorcism in 1949 on a young mm. boy called Robbie, I believe. So very interesting. And he was born just down the road. How do you get born in Jackson, Minnesota, and you think to yourself, I know, I'm going to be a Jesuit priest. I mean, how does that happen? Quite remarkable. Now, in order to make him visibly shocked in the final scene of the film, director William Blatty did what to him? Now, you remember... I'm not going to give you clues necessarily, but do you remember in Alien where Ridley Scott didn't yeah. tell the actors that the thing was going to burst out and they were going to get showered in blood? A similar thing happened in The Exorcist. In order to make him visibly shocked in the final scene of the film, director William Blatty slapped... Oh, no. <gasps> oh, he slapped him. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no. That would be should be minus ten for you. Oh yeah. god. I'm gonna that? say slapped. Yeah. I won't go with slapped. You're gonna go, what are you gonna go with, Scott? I'm gonna say slapped. Never before. Uh, in nearly three hundred episodes. Wow. I'm gonna at home give, drink. We're gonna start everyone on four points. I'm feeling very confident. If you've got a chance to think of that at home, you did better than me. <laughs> yes. He slapped, the director slapped Heady. him in the face Heady. and then shouted action. That sounds like one of Michelle's dates. <laughs> oh, happy time. My ex-wife was like the exorcist, by the way. She would arrive at a party and rid it of all the spirits. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we got off to a fantastic flying start, didn't we? This is me making fun of Jackson, right? Yeah. Now, on the first day of filming the exorcism scene, Linda Blair's delivery of her foul-mouthed dialogue so disturbed Max von Sydow that he what? So the first day of filming of the, actual, of the actual scene, Linda Blair's effing and jeffing. We won't, you know, repeat mm. the things she said. But Max von Sydow, who was celebrating his birthday today, was so disturbed that he what? Went home and read his Bible. He went home, back to Stockholm, and yeah. read yep. his Bible. Yep. Something you've done quite a lot of? I don't know one. No. If you walked into a church, I'd have to walk behind you with a fire blanket. Yes. She's gone up. Duck and roll. Duck and roll, tuck and roll. (laughs) Yep. God gave tuck and roll to you. Michelle, what did Max von Sydow do when he first heard the foul utterings of Linda Blair? He quit. 
He quit. He walked off the set and said, I'm done. Yep. Game over. Keep the cassock. I'm off. Or maybe he got out a dictionary because he had to look up some of the words. Because English wasn't his first language. Yeah. That's a great answer. She came out with such colourful vocabulary he'd never heard the like. Yeah. Scott, what do you think he did when he heard Linda Blair's expletives for the first time? He needed a break, so they had to do the scene over several times because he couldn't get through all his lines. Hmm, interesting, Mr. Mm. Bond. I'm going to give Scott a <gasps> oh point. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, the actual answer is he was so stunned that of all this foul language coming out of this young girl, he actually forgot his lines. Oh. Completely froze. Couldn't believe it. It just knocked him straight out of his head. He forgot his lines. Didn't he read the script? <laughs> yes. yes, but he forgot it. Ultimately. He's not ad-libbing an exorcism scene, is he? Wow. I'm just going to ad-lib some Latin. Yeah. I'll be with you in a minute. Wow. If you don't pay an exorcist, do you get repossessed? Oh, God. No. It's painful. The scream of the demon being thrown out of Linda Blair was actually created by what? An owl. The screech of an owl. It's dark. I'm in a hall with an owl. <laughs> Scary. So Edgar Allan posed the raven. Instead of Nevermore, it was... <laughs> that sounds like someone letting the air out of a balloon. Sounds very sad. Very melancholy. Very moribund. That's Mori the sound... Bond? Mary... <laughs> what? <laughs> Moribund. I'm sorry, I'm using English words you Moribund. Minnesotans hadn't previously been aware of. That Moribund. Is, that's, Moribund. That's James Bond's half-brother. <laughs> red-headed brother. Why can't you be more like your brother? Murray. He's a, Murray. He's a second-hand car salesman, and his brother James is a spy. In Dublin. <laughs> he just never got the brakes. Oh, my Jesus. Great. Good so Murray Bond. Fun at the Christmas dinner table, passing the sprouts with his mother complaining he's not more like his brother. I'm sure our listeners can post a dictionary definition of Moribund. I'm not making it up. These Murray words Bund. genuinely Bund? exist. So you're sticking Moribund. <laughs> I don't know how many different ways you want me to say Moribund. it. It's not that interesting a word. It is now. So, you're saying an owl yes. made Screech the noise owl. of the devil yeah. leaving Linda Blair's Backwards. Character. Oh, backwards now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Like a loi. <laughs> so I was trying to say owl backwards, but it's almost impossible. Say who <laughs> There is a show in here dying to get out. Michelle, what did they use to record that sound? Pigs. And what were those pigs doing? They were At a picnic? in a barn fire. They were in a barn fire. That's grim. Pigs in a barn wow. fire. They were lucky. Did they torch the barn specifically to get that noise? No. Or did they happen to be there when the barn caught fire? Yeah. Well, that was a stroke of luck for them, wasn't it? Not so much for the pigs involved. They all got out. They got out okay, yeah. did they? That's mm. a happy ending. It was the wolf that did it. This mm -hmm. is what comes with building yeah. a house of straw. Scott, what was the sound they used for the demon leaving Linda Blair? We actually uh, had a discussion on this in a psychology class back in college. They used pigs squealing, and I think they were being uh, led to the slaughter. They are being slaughtered, and they might have even played it backwards. What kind of courses are you on up there? I mean, what on earth was this course about, that you're dealing 
with pigs it squealing. Was, it was a psychology class, and it was about how how sounds and uh, sights can manipulate the mind. That there's a lot of uh, it was on subconscious uh, or subliminal messages in movies. Did that come in useful when you were an air traffic controller? Uh, no. Okay, just asking. Oh, Morris has found the rubber chicken. I thought I'd hidden that. Did it sound like that? Do you know when you hide a child's toys? Scott is 100% correct. They Hang on, let me get his sentence out. Good God, madam. Be jumping my grave as quick as that. I didn't go to no fancy college. <laughs> I can tell. It was a recording, rather depressingly, and it makes you want to be vegetarian. It was a recording of squealing pigs being driven into a slaughterhouse. Scott is on fire. The pigs weren't on fire, but I will give Michelle a single but point. But what about me? I got reverse. You got it. Wasn't yeah. in reverse. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was. So you're now complaining. Do you want me to look it up? No, I want you to sit there, accept the fact that you got it wrong. It wasn't it now. We move on. Wish I had Should have read throw. some books. Linda Blair received a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination before the Academy realised what, meaning she could not win. So she'd received a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination. Once the nominations are in, they can't do anything about it. Because she was supposed to be the lead actress. Between... Between being nominated and the award given out, they realized what, meaning she couldn't win it. She was supposed to be the lead actress, not the supporting actress. supposed to be the lead yes. actress. She wasn't they, supporting anyone. Was she support, was the lead. She was the only one, yes. other than her mother, I guess. Yes. Michelle, what did the Academy discover, which meant she couldn't win, despite the fact they'd nominated her and couldn't go back on it? This is going to get the brain cells Gosh, going round. That's interesting. We had a similar situation, didn't we, a few episodes ago, when I said that Robin Williams couldn't win an Oscar for his part in the Genie in oh. Aladdin because he... he had lived everything and yeah. there was no script. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. This isn't the case here, but I'm giving you plenty of time to tread water. Golly. Am I, I going to have to go to Scott while yeah. you're chewing on that? Yeah, Scott, yeah. what are your thoughts there? Why couldn't she win that Oscar? I have no idea. She was behind on her union dues. Oh, that's a good that question. That is a very good one. Are you SAG. Chip in, Michelle, or are you uh, done for the night she, there? She wasn't a member of SAG. I will tell you that Mercedes McCambridge actually provided the voice of the demon. So it wasn't oh. actually her voice. And Mercedes McCambridge was actually in Happy Days. If you go and look up that particular actress, she did appear in Happy Days. But was she, she a couldn't. Demon? Not in Happy Days, no. And she also provided the face, by the way. That little face, that's that little blip that lasts a split second. That was her, done up with white makeup, black eyes and false teeth. But that is true. She didn't actually provide the voice, and the Academy didn't realise that, and they'd already nominated her. They couldn't reverse it, and subsequently she wasn't able to win, even though she'd been nominated. Hmm. If you watch The Exorcist backwards, it's about a girl who is very sick until she eats some pea soup and gets better. On this very day, in 1825, the very first hotel opened in, can I have a guess, an American state. On this very day, in 1825, the very first hotel opened in where? Vegas. New York. Vegas isn't a state. (laughs) It's in a state. (laughs) You're going to go New York? There's no points going. I just thought you'd try and give you a little bit of psychic juju. Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Scott, pick a state. 
Connecticut. It was in Hawaii. The first hotel oh. opened in Hawaii in 1825. James Cook? I've no. <laughs> there was no hotels the when they ate him. <laughs> yeah. When he rolled up on the shore and they think here comes dinner, there was no hotels knocking around at such times. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange, and fascinating facts about the laws of Hawaii. <sighs> You are not allowed to live in Hawaii if you do not own a what? Well, it's the law. Every resident lay. has to have one. A lay? Yes. What's that, a potato chip? No. What's a lay? That's the flower garland they put oh. around your neck. What so, were you thinking? Well, like, there was two schools of thought going through I my head, and I've already exercised things. the potato chip version. Yes. So you're suggesting that by law, Every single person on Hawaii has to have a flower garland. Yeah. On them, around them, in their house. Sure. Wow. My ex-wife was so bow-legged, we hung her over the door for good luck. Oh, my. Michelle, what do you have to have? What do you have to own in Hawaii? It's the law. A goat. A goat. <laughs> I think some... Never mind. Let me, I'll come back to that. Scott, it's not a goat, but what do you think everyone in Hawaii has to own by law? A surfboard. A surfboard. What's similar to a goat? Sheep. I was thinking it sounds more like goat. Camel. What the, how does camel sound like goat? How many poems do you read where they transverse? A boat. Oh, good God, madam. <laughs> Every resident by law has to own a boat. I don't know whether... They enforce this law, but it's certainly on the books. I think some cheating's taken place. Of all the animals to pick, you say goat and it's boat, which makes you... I'm thinking you're looking at my bad handwriting. Upside down is what I'm yeah. thinking is currently taking place. I burnt my Hawaiian pizza. I should have used a lower temperature. Oh, stop. Mm -mm. I love this show, very high-scoring show, despite me giving all the answers away. In Hawaii, it is illegal to stick what in your ear? Very simple and down-to-earth, aren't they, in Hawaii? Pineapple. <laughs> After that famous pineapple death incident. Yes. Perforated my eardrum with the end of oh. a pineapple. Yep. You are saying in Hawaii it's illegal to stick a pineapple in your ear? Sure. Can I ask why that law's in place, in your mind? It'd look funny. It would look funny. Mm. In this country... I don't know whether this is something you have, but in Britain, as party food, do you know you have, like, finger food and nibbles, and you have pigs in blankets and everything else? In Britain, it's very common that there would be a cube of cheddar cheese and a cube of pineapple held together with a cocktail stick. Mm -hmm. Do you have the famous cheese and pineapple combination? No, we have olives with cheese on toast. I think to gain some extra points, you need to tell me, as many as possible, meat and vegetable combinations. Go. I'll start you off. Pea and ham. Mushroom and sausage. Steak and potato. Uh, beef and onion. Yeah. It's your turn, Scott. I'm not playing. Chicken wow. and mushroom. <laughs> Which means we've exhausted. Let me throw in... You could have had lamb Grumpy. and pea. You could have had chicken and mushroom. Is I don't mushroom even know what this is about. Oh, nice. You've no idea, have you? No. This is just taking place around you. <sighs> You've got a thousand-yard stare. You look like a man who's just come out of the trenches of the First World War. Are you suggesting you are not allowed to stick a pineapple in your ear? Yes. Okay, and you can't give me a decent reason why. Because there was a weird. piece of cheese in the other one. Mm. Nice. Michelle, what are you not allowed to stick in your ear? 
A seashell. A seashell. Scott, what are you not allowed to stick in your ear in Hawaii? I was going to say seashells. (laughs) So, let's just say money. (laughs) You're laughing, he's right. (gasps) (laughs) That's because he's looking on his phone when we're on the... Shenanigans is taking place right now. It is illegal to put coins in your ears in Hawaii. That makes no sense. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. No. I'm loving. How did Scott come by that, by the way? What moment of well, cheating? Well, I was going to say seashell. You went from seashell to coins, did you? Well, someone else took my answer. Ooh. Yeah, seems a little bit suspect. Google. Sorry, college Sorry. boy. Wow. <laughs> Change is hard, especially if you've ever tried to bend a coin. No person, points will be awarded, no person is allowed to own more than how many cats and dogs in Hawaii, and I'm looking for a number. If you're the old fifteen cat lady, how many? <laughs> how many? Fifteen is a lot. Fifteen's a lot yeah. of cats and dogs. Yeah. Wow. You're They're suggest- lonely. They would be lonely. They'd be lonely because no one would want to come round due to the smell. Fifteen. Can you imagine emptying the litter tray for fifteen cats? God, you'd have Why to would a- you even have one? No, that's right. <laughs> Just use the floor yeah. and the sofa. <laughs> And the bed linen. Whatever. God, I have to put a kidney belt on just to lift it out and put it in the 15. trash. Fifteen. Fifteen. Michelle, how many cats and dogs are you allowed to have in Hawaii? I'll see your fifteen right. and raise you five. She's going for twenty, ladies and gentlemen. You could cut the air with a knife. The tension here is unbearable as we go to Scotting. You're giving him more time to look it up on Google. Scott, give me a number. Three. Three. Miss Morris is 100% correct. It's 15. Is it? It is. Do you know what? One way or another, I think I'm being diddled. There's just a lot of diddling going on. I'm 20 feet from you. Ah, yeah, and you've got a computer in front of you. Do you you see my hands the whole time? Before, before I came into the studio, I left my notes on the table. I went to squeeze the lemon. I come back. Suddenly, you're getting goat. Scott's getting coins. You've managed to nail 15. What are you talking about? All... When I came in the studio, the lights were off. <laughs> oh, very mysterious. Yeah, I was sitting. Hello, darkness. I'm pretty sure I can't see your notes from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but you have the benefit of a good three minutes of internet searching. I got to get a hookup. <laughs> wow. That's similar to what Scott's been looking for. Oh. I feel bad for the homeless guy, but I feel even worse for his dog. His dog must be thinking, man, this is the longest walk I've ever had. <laughs> No. No. Oh, oh mm. man. That was then, but this is now as we enter our favorite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yeah! We love the mailbag. I was asked this week how people can write to us. You write to us on Facebook, ultimately. You can send me an email, and I get a few emails. With letters. Here yeah. and there. Yes, we have. A, I've got a pile of letters in front of me that I'm going to read out <gasps> very shortly. But most people go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee, and they leave me messages or they can send me messages on there. Lisa is a good follower and Hi, patron Hello, of the gorgeous. show. She supports the show. We've got a big box full of goodies here. I know, I can't wait. Proud. It's like Christmas. There's oh, presents under the tree. I will open them. We're going to do it for the 100th episode, so we've got something nice to open. We'll get the cameras rolling. If it's heart socks and I miss Valentine's Day, I'm upset. Well, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> Lisa has posted, thank no. you for all of the great laughs on Friday night and for blaming Deanna for the sugar rush. <laughs> I will say that before we started this show, Michelle and myself did take a big handful of the Starburst jelly beans we were sent. And that's my excuse for messing up 
the first question. I've never done that before. I've never messed up a question. Nearly 300 episodes over seven years. That's the very first time. My brain is getting addled by staying indoors and not going out. Yeah, you're old. Wow, that's not very nice. Yeah. Especially when you're older than me. <laughs> See how that works? No, I'm not. Although no, I'd have a big not. birthday coming up next Friday. Yeah, you do. Which you'll celebrate in the studio. Because we can't go anywhere, can we? Nope. We're stuck with it. Lisa actually supports the show. She listens first at 10pm Central Time on the Dark Matter Digital Network. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. And I think for next week's show, Heather, you should look those up and tell me the top 10 because we've not done that for a while. Catherine, a good friend and follower of the show, she has added, I was glad I was able to listen. I needed the laughs after such an awful week. Now, we actually got a little gift from her as well. I've got a card here. Just look at that. It's got a little flower on it. It's all in pink and orange. It says, Happy Easter, Happy Spring. It says, Thanks for all the laughs. You are the best. Happy Easter and Spring, Catherine. And we got a little goodie bag. Michelle's already jumped in. She's had the sour beans. There were some suckers in there. We got some. Lots of candy. I'm going to save mine till after the show. But thank you for that. We appreciate all the things that you send us. That's very kind of you. PJ has posted, this show is worth paying for. And if it means keeping all of you wonderful people in my ears at night, instead of the coins and the pineapples, then it's a no-brainer. When I figure out my finances with this layoff, I will increase my pledge. Oh, thank you, PJ. Awesome. That's very, very kind of you. We appreciate you and listening to our show. Miss Morris, would you like to tell our beautiful girls and boys how they can access the show for a single dollar? Talk about Patreon and what PJ is discussing there. We have extra shows on Patreon. If you want to get them early and get them first, other than the live show, jump on over to Patreon and search out MQTA Radio and you'll get early episodes Episodes that have never previously been aired at all anywhere else, but on Patreon, as well as some nifty radio plays. There's radio plays. You can actually see videos of us in the studio. You can see our beautiful, aesthetically pleasing faces. So you can be Russian over to Patreon. You must go over there. What if you're American? But if you're American, no Moscow, no Russia. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how that works. Talk about our platforms as well. You can also access us for free, all of the archives over the last seven years. You can listen to me not messing up questions. It does happen. If people um, wish to access those. SoundCloud and Looney Tunes and Brussels Sprouts and Earworm. Spotify. Yep. Biplanes. And Google Play. Skin Tag Radio. And We're on every platform. Everything. Gasbox. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, that's MQTA Radio. You need to search for and You can press the little orange love heart and show us how much you appreciate what we do. Tell the listeners why they should go and listen to our platforms and our archives because they get a little Easter egg. It's Easter. What do they get for making the effort to go and find us, Miss Morris? They get an extra 20 to 25 minutes of us being naughty. We do a round called Not For Your Mother. And how would you describe that round? Oh, well, we tell stories from all the stuff that I looked up on the internet and I wasn't supposed to. (laughs) It's stories that are laden with naughtiness, with filth. They're of an adult nature and we can't read them out on air. But at the top of the hour, we stay in the studio and we do a round called Not For Your Mother where we read out all the rude, disgusting and filthy stories from around the world. And people say it's the favourite part of the show. So you have an incentive. You have an Easter egg, which seems very apt at this time of the year. 
have to go and find it. Why am I the only person in this studio not wearing Blaze Flash Orange right now? Where was the memo for that? Only the cool people got them. And I do want to add as well that Miss Morris is wearing a headscarf and she looks like that propaganda poster from the Second World War where there's a woman, you know, showing her muscles wearing bib overalls. Thank you. That's a very good look for you. The 1940s female ammunition. Yeah, Rosie the Riveter. Yes, Rosie. Is that what she's called? Yes. I didn't know such wonders, but thank you for giving me more than I arrived with. Laurel has written, I've been too sick and tired the past two weeks to participate. It was wonderful listening and participating again. It was nice to do one normal thing. Hello. She said, before all the events that took place, thank you, MQTA fans. And then finally, we had a fabulous little car. There's a little black and white rabbit. He's rather cute. Can you I see love him? him. Is that a flower pot? He's sticking his head out? Yeah. Or a magician's hat? It's like a flower toilet. pot. Toilet. It's not a toilet. <laughs> That's a squirrel. We only find squirrels in toilets. <laughs> Lynn in Wisconsin has given us a very kind donation to the show. She says, thank you for brightening up my life during these dark times. Love your oh. show. You're friendly. Lynn, and we'll post oh, that. Thank and you, get that pinned Thank you. To the studio walls. That's very... There's quite the number up there. We yeah. actually have a lot of fan mail and a lot of letters all pinned around the studio. We're going to have impressive. to create a wall now instead of our beam. We have a beam that goes through the studio and any guest that comes in, we get them to sign the beam. And if they're tall enough. And, yeah. <laughs> and there's kinds of cards and little letters, all kinds of wondrous things now to that. We'll have to go through them one day. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing the show for seven or eight years now. We've got quite a collection of fan mail going on up there. Prison stuff. Makes me pretty, yeah, yeah. inappropriate photographs, all kinds of lovely things. <laughs> for a good time call. Perfect. I have books available. If you're stuck at home with nothing to do in your board, go on to Amazon, search for Adrian Lee. I've got many, many books on hauntings, ghosts, mysterious Midwest, mysterious Minnesota, how to be a Christian psychic, books on UFOs, all kinds of things. You can also go to YouTube. I've done lectures that have been recorded. If you type in Adrian Lee, Ghosts and Hauntings, you will find lectures I've done all over the States, and you can watch me talk about the evidence and all the ghosts that I've seen in my travels and all of the history. And if you search for UFOs and ghosts and MUFON, I did a talk on connecting ghosts and UFOs through quantum physics for MUFON, and that's available there as well, and it's all free. So you can sit at home, and enjoy those. Miss Morris, what do we do on Tuesdays at 8pm Central Time, week in, week out, if I remember and I'm not sat there eating my dinner completely forgetting? We get drunk. Mm-hmm. You might. I've got a cup of tea, going. <laughs> we all turn the TV over to the History Channel, watch Oak Island, and jump over to more questions and answers with adrian lee on facebook find the post that we're all threading under and have gift wars and then drink it's a giant watch party yeah the show's terrible let's put that straight out there yes but we make fun of it we tell jokes there was over 600 comments last week did you see the problem with the, problem the show that they've spent 20 million dollars and found some straw no. some coconut matting and a rusty now i think we're creating our own big gathering of people because i've seen several commercials say join the best show on what is it highest network show. highest rated show on network television Uh-oh. oh miss morris has dropped her beer that's oh, not god. good news. No. Oh, she god. bent down so quick to pick it up it hit her on the back of the head i know but do you believe that that it's the highest rated Network television. It just shows show. you how bad the shows are it's around high, that, doesn't it? On the history, that's the highest rate on, on the History Channel. Well, it's only competing with swamp creatures and mountain men, isn't it? To be fair, 
But you I can join us at 8 p.m. I will summarise what they did this week because it's exciting Please, to go back I and, it. and listen. They found an inge. <laughs> what? An inge. An inge. We found an inge. An inge? An inge. They found an inge, apparently. And then they found a Rambo-type spike that they said was a booby trap. But only one. Stabby, what? stabby yes, thing. it was a stabby, pointy thing. Stab- was it a hundred feet down? hundred. It was an inch. <laughs> an inch? <laughs> it was an inch. Wow. I feel sorry for the people listening in Birmingham. I can only apologise at this moment in time. Michelle's on seven. I'm on four. Heather's on six. Scott is on seven. I've no idea how any of those things happened. But we now enter the round that we call Ghosts and Hauntings. And remember, we do not do orbs. An exorcist. See what I've done here? I've linked all this together. An exorcist has described a chilling encounter with what she said was a demon with rows of teeth leering at her as she lay petrified in her bed. Sharing her experience on a podcast, professional exorcist Rachel Stavish recalled how the feminine demon pounced on her in the middle of the night. She said I was asleep and I woke up because there was an entity that was specific to the location, to New Orleans. It was something that I'd never seen exactly like this before. And it was this female figure. And it opened its mouth and it had rows and rows of teeth. All the better to eat you with. The creature's shark-like teeth. Not the only thing creepy about it. The demon was also physically touching her, she added. Rachel said it was on me. And here's where things get nuttier. Because we've not reached that point already, of course. Out of the side of the room, out of the darkness, comes this man. A huge man with long dark hair all over his face. She's at a Megadeth concert. And he took this thing. He put it in his hands. And then he walked backwards into the shadows and was gone. She saw a hairy man walking away. The experience was unnerving, despite her experience as an exorcist. Oh, Rachel admitted. So bunk. Oh, oh, if you are playing you the don't... bell bunk and snort oh, drinking game, wherever it. you are in the world, you can now take <laughs> a swig. Thank you for playing along. Especially when she realised that there was no power and she couldn't turn on the light, like being in a fusely painting. A little bit of art history there. The word fuse, fusely. <sighs> yeah. He did that famous painting of the nightmare. Where the woman's on the bed and you see the little That's demon. my favourite. Right, that's a Swiss painter, Fusely. There was a joke about fuses. I'm just using very gothic. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting away with it. Got an aneurysm. She's sad. Is he a famous artist? Where's he from? He's about to be. Embolism. <laughs> wow. What is he, Spanish? She said, I sat up in this bedroom. There's a nightlight. It's one of those projector nightlights where it shows on the ceiling an aquarium of fish. It was not on. And I was like, okay. And I had my significant other there. And she was like, I just saw this thing with teeth and a face. That's when we noticed that in the entire so block, many jokes there. all of the power was uh-huh. out. And the next day we checked and the power went out at the exact moment. All those things happened. Rows of shiny teeth. Or it came from underneath. Find out for yourself. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I should give myself a couple of points for being scary and entertaining. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and Still recovering. You ready? Yes. Yes. One of Doctor Who's most iconic villains was filmed patrolling the streets ordering people to stay at home. If the threat of a police fine isn't enough to keep people from flaunting the lockdown rules during the coronavirus pandemic, perhaps a Dalek will be. 
Residents of the small coastal village of Robin Hood's Bay, England. Oh, I know Robin Hood's Bay. Do you? That's up near Sunderland and Newcastle. Yeah? That was voted one of the villages of the year in Britain. It's on the coast. Mm. They catch crabs and lobsters up there. It's a very famous... Nice! I'm glad you said that. You can go to Sunderland Not everyone that can catch crabs. Oh, you can in Sunderland, (laughs) trust me. I bet you can. It's got nothing to do with Robin Hood either, I might add. Robin Hood's from Nottinghamshire. This is up near Tynan Weir. It's, uh, I think the word Robin Hood is a mistranslation of a Viking word. They what were... would that word be? I have no idea. I don't know. Robin ancient... Hood. Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood. Hood. <laughs> it comes from the Hood. My ancient Swedish isn't as good as it could be. I've, I've got no idea. <laughs> oh, God. Well, they couldn't believe their eyes when one of the iconic Doctor Who villains started patrolling the street outside their homes, calling over and over in its distinctive voice for people to self-isolate. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> Which was all going very well until he came up against a flight of stairs. <sighs> Don't make me use my plunger. <laughs> Maybe there's no stairs there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just steep slopes. Yeah. Yeah. The local police department wasted little time in getting on board with the stunt. Our colleagues in Scaro Division have, Division have deployed their direct action local enforcement cops... Oh, with they've a got case. better things to do, like to ensure, tackling villains. And... To ensure everyone is following guidelines about isolation and social distancing. That's what the police said. They also said, we recommend everyone uses their, in quotes, totally awesome rightly distance isolation systems, end quote, to dis- <laughs> to comply. So, in case you're wondering, it's spelled TARDIS. TARDIS, yeah. And the one thing is, that if you saw a dialect going down the high street, the first thing you'd do is rush out of your house and see what was going on. Self-isolate. Self-isolate. That's what he's saying, is it? <laughs> Lovely. Don't you love it? I'm wondering how this comes into the round of ghosts and hauntings, but go on. Uh, it's a haunting of a Dalek. It's yeah. a ghost Dalek, is it? Yeah. Even ghosts and spirits of Daleks yeah. wandering the earth. Around and around. They did an episode with Cybermen where they appeared as ghosts and people thought they were ghosts until the Cybermen fully manifested and then took over the world. I think it was a Christmas special, if I remember rightly. Hmm. Uh, Cherry, what's your scariest villain? Um, I wasn't a big fan of their leader of Davros, the guy that was sat in the wheelchair and had the wrinkly face with the eye in the middle of his forehead. Their leader was pretty grim as a kid. My sister was petrified of Cybermen as a child. She would scream and hide behind the sofa but i think davros was pretty grim i didn't like the mannequins oh the autons yeah yeah that was even creepier with john pertwee back in 1973 as well i didn't like not it. a big fan of the mannequins no. they used the mannequins again on that ghostbusters film you loved with the women in do you remember no i mannequins... didn't yet you know why it's just one of those things that you forget okay it's a forgettable film like previous relationships that's what? a film that you've attached the same weight to as X's. Yeah, what X's? Exactly. There you go. You're pretending no such thing happened. Correct. Wow. I see what's happened there. I'm going to jump in very quickly. Britain's first Frankenstein museum is planned for the spot where author Mary Shelley wrote the gothic novel. Cool. Visitors to the attraction will be greeted by a life-size replica of the famous monster. The museum in the city of Bath will be yards from one dedicated to Jane Austen. The woman oh. can go to see Jane Austen. You can go and see Frankenstein. Of course, Jane Austen was the author of Pride and Prejudice and Emma. 
Why, Mr. Darcy, I'm undone. Actors playing characters from her books sometimes wander outside onto the streets. Can you imagine sitting there? You've got Frankenstein and Mr. Darcy having a cigarette just in their lunch break sat there together. That should Talking be a about film. women. That's right. <laughs> God. A planning application for Mary Shelley's House of Frankenstein has gone before council chiefs. Organiser Bath Attractions promises it will be fully immersive but family friendly. Fully immersive. He stole body parts and sewed them all together and reanimated a dead body but apparently it's going to be family friendly. It adds it will explore Mary's complicated and tragic personal life as well as the novel's continuing relevance today in regards to popular culture, politics and science. The applicants also promise the attraction will not feature blood, mutilation, physical violence or gore. Sounds like my first marriage. (gasps) Nor will it use noise, audio, shock visual effects such as shrieks, bangs, screams, wailing sirens and so forth. So that sounds like after my first marriage. Mary had lodgings (laughs) in Bath as a 19-year-old in September 1816 for five months. She only lived there for five months. Frankenstein was first published anonymously in 1818. Many initially thought it was written by her husband, the poet Percy. Dr. Frankenstein or get in line? You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle, what have you got for us tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? The sight of a Jesus Christ figure on a tree has led dozens of locals breaking the coronavirus lockdown to see it just days before Easter. That's bunk, I saw it. <laughs> Scott, what have you got for me tonight? <laughs> if I'm playing the bell bunk and snort game. Looks like a drunk man standing there. Go on. Heather is giving you your next shot. There's not been a snort for a while, is there? Perhaps I just haven't oh, been funny enough, Michelle. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Points can Yay! be easily taken. Yay! <laughs> bit feisty, isn't it? A couple of drinks. It's the Jack Daniels that does it. Makes uh, you violent. Yeah, whiskey makes me mean. Yeah, I know. Am I reading this? Yes, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing else to fill the time with. Footage taken in the town of Manangue in Colombia shows a large group gathering around the tree. They can be seen taking photos of it as a cameraman and journalist. Say dozens of people are gathered here. They are here to see the figure of what they say or believe is the figure of Christ. They have forgotten about the coronavirus and are currently looking here at this figure. What appears to be a figure like Jesus can be seen on the tree trunk. The branch formation even gives the impression that the figure is hanging on the cross. Or drunk. Or both. Yes, that is true. It can be clearly seen, and everyone is praying and asking for Earth to be cured of this evil and for Managua to be protected, local shopkeeper Rafael Rodriguez told the media. Authorities are reportedly concerned about the tree becoming a pilgrimage site despite the coronavirus lockdown in the country. Just cut the tree down. Send it around. Or do you say that? My grandparents, back in the 1950s, bought a house. The person that owned the house before them hung themselves in the backyard from a pear tree. And uh, one day my granddad had enough of picking up rotten pears and chopped it down with an axe. My granddad had little care for the world of the paranormal. If you knew someone had hung themselves from a tree, would you then go and cut it down with an axe? Was it a partridge? 
Yeah, what's his last name, Partridge? Dead, that's not very funny. Uh, Alan, <laughs> Alan Partridge. Would you eat a pear from a tree that's been used for a hanging? Yeah, if I was hungry. Strange fruit indeed. Are you done? Is that it? Yeah. If people can go and see the Jesus crucifix Christ-like figure hanging in a tree in Colombia. It's available on our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian. You will see a picture that Heather has subsequently bunk. bunked. You can decide for yourself. Mr. Kenner up there in Superior, waiting patiently with two cocoa tins and a piece of string that we're trying to pull taut. What have you got for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Well, not so patiently, but here we go. Everyone's John? a comedian on this show, aren't they? Everyone wants to dig, don't they? Uh-huh. Everyone, I've got the points here in front of me. I just thought I'd share that with Who you. Who cares? Get yourself some points, sir. All right. Doc notices ghost in owner's backyard, leaving Reddit users freaked out. A dog owner was left stunned when he reviewed footage of his pet barking into thin air and saw what appears to be a ghostly figure flying past his backyard. Reddit user Big Peppy Thunder from Louisiana, U.S. yesterday posted the clip of what he spotted on camera to a forum online. The footage shows his golden brown pooch barking towards the trees and bushes around the garden. The concerned canine looks back and walks further out of the yard. Big Peppy Thunder Hums a tune while filming. That's an amazing name. Big Pappy Thunder. That's Scott's poll name. Big Pappy Thunder. BPT. <laughs> BPT. <laughs> what do you work at, bud? He pans the camera across. A light seems to appear behind a tree. Seconds later, a dark shadow appears to fly past from the right to the left behind the tree. The dog sniffs on the grass and walks towards. What did you do to the grass? He sniffs. You oh, know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thought what it did started. it sound like? Uh, pee. They're making up their own jokes. You only hear what you wish to hear, Miss Morris. Well, I thought he whizzed on the grass. Okay. Well, but dogs didn't do he that. Just sniffed it. Dogs are. Well, it was probably sniffing someone else that someone whizzed on the grass. Someone else is wee wee. There is a story in here trying to get out. Keep going, Scott. <laughs> BPD. okay. The dog <laughs> and it pauses for a while and barks again. BPT jokes. Are you confused by your shadow? Ha ha. Posting for an opinion on what he saw, he wrote paranormal or just an illusion. Check around 24 second mark around the tree to the right. Some viewers said the footage was a spooky ghost sighting, which gave them goosebumps. One viewer said he thought he noticed a tall figure with glowing eyes. Another one wrote, the thing had a full-on cape and eyes. A cape? A <laughs> wow. <laughs> like blood. I want blood. You mean like cape? Maybe cape, yeah. Superhero. Like superhero cape. Wow. They've been on the source. I can't believe. <laughs> so, Scott, we don't care. Uh, a third added. Whatever it is, it moves fast and straight across, no up and down like something running would. Some, however, believe that the shadow is simply a person hiding behind the tree. But PTT said, <laughs> funny enough, I didn't see this person while filming, which is why I kept going. Gave me a hell of a spook when I rewatched it. He also replied in one of the comments that along with the rest of the house, he has been blessed with holy salts. Now, I've seen this video and... I'm going to have to go with bunk. Even <laughs> oh. 
Wow. It's spreading. He's fallen on his sword and bunked his own story. What are the chances of that happening? Poor BPT. Unbelievable. I will give Scott some points for being a little bit scary and mm. informative. And you can see the video for yourself if you go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. A herd of goats have taken... That's goats, not boats. boats. A herd of boats has taken over a deserted town, sparking a cop call-out as officers tried to remove the animals. The 12-strong group was spotted last Friday <laughs> evening running around Lundidno, North Wales, as locals obeyed curfew laws. Andrew Stewart spotted them outside his pub window and dialed 101 as the goats were going to run riot in the town as no one could come out to herd them away. Apparently, they took an old person's pension money and then sprayed graffiti. Oh. North Wales police arrived in a patrol car and tried to chase them back to the Great Orm, where they are believed to have come. He said he thought I was seeing things when he spotted them munching on the hedgerow outside the pub. As they weren't moving <laughs> from their midnight feast, he decided to call the cops. Andrew added, they sent a patrol car down who turned on the big red lights. <gasps> so, I'm sorry if the goats got arrested but they were being very naughty. Can number three step forward and bleat, please? <laughs> <laughs> Despite North Wales police moving the herd out, Andrew tweeted again on Saturday to show they had returned. They don't learn their lesson, do they? <laughs> he joked, they're back, and they're gathering in groups of more than two. It's going to be dangerous on the streets of Londidno. The Great Orm Goats are well-known troublemakers in the area and were blasted as vandals by local headmaster Ian Jones earlier this month. He tweeted photos of around 16 goats moving through the school and eating the newly planted trees. He said the goats come to our field, the school field, a lot, despite there being a six-foot wall. So they've got rope ladders. What are they doing? Tying sheets together, it's climbing like over to get into the school. Mission impossible. They've decimated 150 of our newly planted trees. Little buggers. <laughs> Mr Jones called on birth control measures for the animals, saying... I just don't like them in my own backyard, I suppose. I hate the damage they caused. Around the field, build a moat, or try stretching a condom on a goat. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers, with Adrian Lee. Are we done for the night, Miss Morris? Can you squeeze in one more? Are we finished? Yes. Go for it. Get yourself some Ready? points. Ready? Yes. Yes. All right. Oh, no, she's going for props. I got some props. Oh, I've it's hidden like... all this. I was over there earlier. I've hidden all this stuff. No, you didn't. No. Not good enough. It's like kids. They always find their toys. Don't make them mad. Try not to get attention. Don't look A curious set of photographs have emerged showing an alleged Sam Squatch <gasps> looking through a man's window. Because he was peeping. <laughs> That's lovely. <gasps> Peeping Squatch. It's Peeping Squatch. And his name was Peeping Squatch. <laughs> the images, which appear to show the head of a large gorilla-like creature, were reportedly taken... This wasn't taken... in Iowa, was it? <laughs> kind of mean. Were reportedly yeah, taken... Hell. <laughs> I only went out to watch Mrs. Johnson doing her washing. We're in quarantine! <laughs> There's no need for that. I'd shaved and everything. They were taken we're by quarantine. Scott Yeoman. Scott oh. Yeoman? Yes. Outside his home. In nice. Bailey, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Yes, we, Duh. my <laughs> wife, my wife and I, were finishing the interior of the back of the house, and I came into the. Is that what they're room calling it these? I'm going to finish the bacteria. And caught. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing oh, how you kids. can mix interior and back. And, and caught a whiff of a very harsh odor. 
in the room. Yes, we've been in shutdown. It smelled like rotting animal flesh, Ooh. vomit, and excrement. Yeah, that's like the casino buffet on a How Saturday night. I know what that smells like. I caught a glimpse of something moving outside the window from the corner of me eye. Initially believing the intruder to be a bear, he moved closer only to realize that it was something else. When I realized it wasn't a bear, fear struck me a hardcore. I used a cheap Kodak Sport digital camera that has 24 pictures on it for taking pics. They're still <laughs> using those, aren't you, they? You click, click, I slide. Stopped, I stopped click, the Vitrola so I could get... <laughs> I need my flashbulb. <laughs> comes with a nifty its own flash and stuff, and then you turn Don't it look. into the Walgreens. They print you out some pictures, 8x10, 5x7, 3x5. Almost wish you I was there. Wallets. <laughs> Jigsaws, mugs, got me a set of coasters, t-shirt, put it on t-shirt, <laughs> my coffee cup, flag, beer mug, <laughs> koozie, mouth mat, <laughs> you can even get you some britches, <laughs> do rag, I'm not wearing britches with a Sasquatch on the front of them, I'm just saying, guess what, hey Bim, Guess what? Hey, Bim! What? My name's not Bim. Hey, Bim! Guess what? How am I suddenly called Bim? Jim! Jim! But I've hit the beat. Even Jim would be odd. Hey, Bim, guess what? What? You like Big Poppy better? (laughs) Well, anyway, this Kodak camera, it also takes some short video, just a little video, though. Five second video, ten second video. Maybe a 60-second video. Just enough for the money shot. Oh, God. (laughs) After capturing images of the creature, Yeoman went for his gun. But as he turned back to shoot the intruder, it he was just going to shoot him. He didn't even care. That's right. After he turned to shoot him, it moved away from the window and quickly disappeared into the wilderness. If they've got any sense, they'll leave us well alone, Sasquatches. Concerned for their safety, his wife called the police and three ossifers arrived to investigate so this is what happened okay their conclusion was most likely probably a bear or other wildlife until i showed them the playback from my kodak camera when they reviewed it two of the three were really impressed but third said "Mm -mm, probably just a bear looking for a picnic basket here's a picnic basket that's right There's a story behind the photos. I hope people can find something in here to benefit them if they're dealing with one of those peeping squatches. Lovely. Peeping squatch. Get your Kodak camera. I'm there. The police were called away from a very important gang of goats that were terrorizing the Camera. We now enter a round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means you've come to find us in one of our archives. So thank you for making the effort. And for joining us, we will be fun and informative and a little bit naughty so if you've got any minors in the room if your mother's of a nervous disposition now would be a good time to usher them out into the street with their masks on and their rubber gloves you have been warned the moment two creatures had sex preserved forever in 41 million year old amber 41 million years ago two tiny creatures were having sex in a primeval forest Nobody wants to have sex for that long. In a primeval forest. Do you remember the 1970s? I wasn't born. 
a globule. I wasn't born in a barn, but I had to choke my own chicken. A globule of sticky sap. This is a sad story, actually. A globule, a small globule of sticky sap falling from a nearby tree landed on the amorous pair and preserved their romantic moment for posterity. Like Romeo and Juliet set in amber. It could be the earliest mating event ever recorded. The discovery in Victoria, Australia is even more remarkable as it takes flies only a few seconds to copulate. Well, there was a ball game on and he wanted to watch it. Yeah. So two flies have a fleeting moment together, last seconds. They're in the middle of doing the business and a glob of sap lands on them and they're dead. Caught in the middle of practicing the physical arts. Lead author Professor Geoffrey Stilwell of Monash University in Melbourne said, You could say these long-legged flies were caught in the act 41 million years ago. Which is astounding. He was certain this was the scenario when the specimen was first analysed. Co-author Dr Dan Bickle, a fly expert at the Australian Museum, then confirmed it by saying that there was candles and a Barry White record on. Professor Stillwell said the flyers could have accidentally landed on the tree resin to mate and then got stuck forever. Together. Literally. Let's just have a quickie or no one will ever see. Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers, and you can see two flyers going at it in a piece of amber from 41 million years ago. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mama? I found a way for you and Scott to spend your stimulus money. Wow, with the emphasis on stimulus. Definitely. Excellent, we can do that. Me and Scott can pull our stimulus money. We could have a larger amount. I don't get stimulus money. I'm not an American citizen. Oh, I forgot. There's no stimulus money for me. I'm on my own. Uh-oh. You get nothing. I get zero. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. Wow, and you're all very lucky, aren't you, that to make up for your loss of wages and earnings, you're going to get 1200 bucks that you're probably going to get taxed on. I haven't got it yet. Yeah. No, that's going to be a long wait, I suspect. A stripper-turned-artist who uses her breasts and bajajay as painting tools, earns a whopping $400 per painting. That's it. I know what I'm doing now. Do you actually use, do you dip it in, I mean, let's say you've got a roller and you're painting, you know, the walls of your house. You have a paint tray, right? Yeah. Do you pour the paint in the paint tray, dip your Jack and Danny in the paint and then smear it around a canvas? Dip your bits in the gravy. You're dipping your bread in the gravy or are we actually introducing a paintbrush and she's gripping it and no kind you're of... rubbing it on well goodness. i'm wondering if you sat there with the paintbrush and you actually moved the canvas about no well, i will tell you perfect I, I have many questions there's more questions i will answers. do it i will do it will you do it of course i'll do it before i'll do just about anything for 400 bucks don't wow. tell people that well yeah no tell them yeah we will <laughs> We don't want to work at the post office no more. Things must it. be bad at the post office if you're wishing. <laughs> I'll give you a postage stamp. <laughs> Lovely. Wow. We could have an exhibition. We yes. could call it sex exhibition. Yes. I like this idea. We're going to have sex exhibition. Yes. We'll Can there charge. be glitter? Yes. yes. Can there be two flies in amber doing the business? No. No. Okay. This is sexy time. Oh. Yeah. Oh, je t'aime. <laughs> je t'aime. Oh, je t'aime. 
like silver dollar nipples, y'all. No. Wow. Came out of nowhere, didn't it? What? What? Hey. Put them in your ear. What's this? Away? One on each side. You get arrested. If my wife comes in, start typing. <laughs> Chelsea Chavis, 29, from New Orleans. Chelsea Chav. Yeah. Lovely. Is, who spends her nights on the pole, says she hopes her boobs will end up all over the world. Nice. This busty beauty goes under the moniker of hoax. Nice. And has been peddling her unique creations online. I've had several local orders in New Orleans. I bet. Mm-hmm. I sent one to Oregon, and I'm sending one to Canada. Mm. They're getting all over, aren't they? Hopefully my boobs end up all over the world, says Chelsea. Customers who buy Chelsea's paintings don't just get a work of art. They also get to watch the creative process. Wow. Ooh, I might watch. have to ixnay that one. Oh. Well, maybe we could charge 200 Extra. Bring your own paint. <laughs> no. I've just been in Menards. <laughs> That's <laughs> disgusting. What? We can't go back there. No, we You can either banned. have the picture... But if you want to watch, it's an extra 200 At least 200 At least. The ways of making money in the shutdown. Yeah. Excellent. Good ideas. She explained, I send a Polaroid of me painting and a short video of me painting with every purchase. And I have every size canvas available with prices ranging from 40 No. To $400. Yes. Nice. I want to celebrate my lady parts and make something beautiful, humorous, and maybe even a bit shocking with them. I'm open to anything that someone wants or they can order something I already have. Chelsea has wisely taken into account the sensitivity of her feminine areas and only uses non-toxic acrylic paint. Acrylic paint does not come out. That stuff sticks like shit to a blanket. It's Mm. unbelievable. You get acrylic paint on your clothes, on the carpet, on the wall. You are done. How's she washing that out? Goo gone. She's got acrylic paint. Yeah. On her downstairs, on her flu. (laughs) Her her, fanny. On her. Jack and Danny. (laughs) Lovely. Her hand wallet. Her full-on porky pig in it. (laughs) Yeah. Her prison wallet. Her ham wallet. (laughs) Are we done? <laughs> on the old her, beef curtains. Her roast beef Arby sandwich. Yeah. Anything else? Are we done? No. You can get acrylic paint out of that. Goo gone. Okay. I don't have any skin reactions from the consistent use of this, but admits I have to keep doing research on what the best paint is for sensitive areas in case anything starts getting irritated. Well, you're going to need a, itchy. a water-based I'm irritated. Paint. Yeah. A water-based paint with little filler would be the way to go. Why don't you text her or yeah. email or whatever you do. Oh, you know, go. you men can make mushroom paintings. <laughs> You're going to need a big sheet of paper, madam. <laughs> we can add some Smurfs in there. <laughs> Magic forest. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a mushroom. <laughs> Draw a Smurf next to it. I'll do you the background, sweetheart. Hang on. <laughs> wow. Andy Fronthole. <laughs> Edvard Munch, Vincent Van Gogh dancer, Michelangelo's Banjo. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Happy she, days. She added, as a woman, these days when it seems like all of society is telling us how to feel about and what to do with our bodies, I want to celebrate my lady parts and make something beautiful. After uploading the process of her creations on Instagram, she was met with six orders for breast paintings, but all of them were from women. Naked news model dips her nipples into a bowl of paint. Okay. And like a actions. Tupperware. <laughs> Depends on how big you need a Tupperware or a cereal bowl or a mixing bowl. How about yeah. a bucket? Cool, <laughs> cool whip tub. Cool whip tub. A cool whip tub and do the job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can't believe it's not better. Then, then she rubs it on the blank canvas. When she's finished painting, she will wash the paint off before starting another one. Well, it's important not to mix your colours up. She's got integrity. Yes. Wanting to be even more adventurous, Chelsea is planning on experimenting with food. Oh, Christ. Don't. (laughs) Don't. Do the cake sitting. Cake No, that's cake (laughs) fartingly. There is cake sitting and there is cake farting. There is a distinction between those two. Don't even look me in the eye. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Oh, you blew me candles out. Let me relight them. Don't even look me in the eye. Mm-mm. Yeah. What a birthday party that was. She said, I've been thinking of different foods I could do, like cotton candy, ice cream, and cupcakes. I also wanted to do a series of female and male... What is she going to do with those? Can't paint them. Can you burn your tit if, like, your soup was too hot? Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna paint soup. If you splooged your titty in the that's soup right. Bowl. If you put your left chesticle <laughs> into a bowl of hot soup, you've got problems. Why would I be doing that? That's what this woman's doing. You Are you not to... following? <laughs> she looks like someone quizzical. Quizzical. <laughs> you could do coconut paintings with your balls and then we could put monkeys on them if quizzes are quizzical what are tests <laughs> i'm just saying okay Mickey Joe. i don't understand what you would do with the cotton candy though you don't dip your boob in cotton candy and then put it on a canvas if you dipped your tit into cotton candy you look like donald trump you just could saying. dip your coochie in it I, I, you could sit on it stick it on a canvas it's all things that are being pushed onto a I'm piece of paper. I'm very confused. Well, Michelle I, will show you at the end of the show. Okay? I will. We'll, we'll get some fruit out. No. Yes. Your project before next week's show is to figure it out. And yeah. tell us all about it. Logistics. No. Yep, the peanut gallery has spoken. We will do this after the show. <sighs> I'm going to keep experimenting with paintings of my body parts and hopefully do entire body prints on large canvases. I'm interested to see what I can do. Yeah, all this was done back in the 1940s and 50s. Oh, it's, it's been uh, done forever. It's just not that impressive, is it? If you wish to see the paintings for yourself, you can go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers. Front bottom art, or I don't know where to start. <laughs> Scott, what have you got up there in Superior in the Round that we call Not For Your Mother? turns raunchy as woman shows off her oyster vagina to gobsmack date. What a first what? date that oyster was. Oyster vagina? 
Does it smell like an oyster? Is she, is she describing it? Is it like, like color? Size? We have a lot of questions at this the end, texture? Scott. texture? This... I have some answers if is you have some patience, ladies. Slime? Does it come Salty? with its own pearl? Good God. Do you want to put some Tabasco on that or squeeze a lemon? No, it's horseradish and Tabasco. It's the best. Okay. No, spinach. Wow. we I'm have not a... putting spinach up there either. <laughs> Popeye did all right by it. Don't complain. <laughs> Put them out of their misery, Scott. Uh, First dates often pushes the boundaries of what is acceptable at the dinner table, but viewers were left cringing when Shannon pulled out a mold of her own vagina. First dates viewers were left wondering what they were watching when artist Shannon pulled out a plaster mold of her own vagina. The 23-year-old explained that she did 12 molds and painted them like oysters, displaying them on ice as they might be in a restaurant. So he gets, he's sitting there minding his own business and a tray of fake oysters come along that are actually molds of her front bottom. Exactly. What would then happen if he took out a mold of his cock and put that on the table in front of her and said, there you go, sweetheart, that's what you're going to be working Maybe with. Maybe they were like taco holders. Oh my! I want someone to keep work. his pencil. It, that hard thing. shell taco holders. What a junk going on down there. I think you look like a piece of chewed gum, if you ask me. But I'm if no it's expert. Oysters. We're having a discussion about the merits of oysters at this end and what they look like. I know what an oyster looks like, but I don't want to do nothing with it. Yes, we got kicked out of the ocean air. We can't go back there. Yeah. What have you got, Scott? Can you keep going there. Xander was left scrunching up his face, not sure what to say, while Shannon asked what he thought about it. At first, he didn't know it was Shannon's private parts, but reacted with surprise when she told him. Hold on, hold Shannon on, hold, hold, hold on, Scott. Did you say, have they been dating, or was this a first date? First date. It's a TV show, I think. It's called First Dates, and they film the first date. Yeah. <laughs> and she decided it was best all round. If she bought a mold of uh, fanny fat. And this is what you could win. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> I was hoping for less vascular. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon told him, I wanted to do my ex-boyfriend's penis as a banana, but he wouldn't let me. Xander, 28, tried to seem diplomatic, and when pushed, he paused and said, bit weird. He went on, I didn't realize I'd see this much of you on a first date. It wasn't just Xander who was left confused, as viewers at home cringed as they watched. One joked, something to keep your oyster card in. Wow. Another said, hey, nice to meet you. Here's a cast of my muff. I made it look like an oyster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good opening line. <laughs> Despite the odd interaction, Shannon and Xander shared a kiss and then went on to have a second date. She also designed some of the artwork for Xander's next album. She told him that she wouldn't mold Xander's penis, but told him that she did want to be his muse, as he was a heavy metal singer. It wasn't just molding genitals Shannon had a thing for, either. She confessed she was into taxidermy, presenting a white rat in a dish with a regal crown on its head. She's presented quite a lot on that date, isn't she? 
What happened to the days where you'd nip out to Dairy Queen and go and see a Die Hard movie and then have a bit of a feel up behind the back of the dumpsters around Kentucky? Your 50th is going to be really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very yeah. disappointing. You're not going to get a muff mold or muff mold. a rat on a stick. No. <laughs> well, I think disappointment abounds, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Start Nothing now. despair and misery in my life. <laughs> Do you want a rat on a stick or a mold of me fanny pack? Or a muff mold. What do you want? Muff mold or a rat on a stick. I'll go with the muff mold. I can at least put me letters in it. Or my can of pop. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a doorstop right there. They went through two and a half bags of plaster of Paris. <laughs> Keep pouring! There's a, there's a cement mixer going around. There's an Irishman shoveling yeah. cement into a God. Wheelbarrow. Mick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is there any more to this, Scott? This is madness. I'm sure there is, but I don't have any more. Oh, we shall see if they make it to the third date. And if you wish to see that, by the way, here's a, here's a cast of my muff. Or I've had enough. Can you imagine his mate saying to him, you know, I'm just going to go off to squeeze the lemon. And he's calling his mates. How's your date going? What's going on? And, by the way, this has had to be prepped. Surely the waiter is bringing these out on some sort of platter. This has all been pre-arranged. Can you imagine going to the waiter? Here's ten bucks. There's twelve moulds of my fanny. Bring them out on a plate when I give you the winky eye. Well, the sad part is, it's not just him that sees it. The whole restaurant. Everybody. Everybody. And it's, if it's on TV, his mom and her mom and dad got to see it. Ooh. I'm no expert, but I'm assuming her mum's got a similar one just through genetics and DNA. Yeah, but you don't take a close up look and. <laughs> no, I certainly do not. <sighs> I, I had one go coming out, and that was good enough for me. Done at that point. I think the sad part here is that he went back for a second date. That is very true. I think the and ones that are do? mentally ill are more exciting to be with, aren't they? You should know. <laughs> <laughs> what there was do? a time in my Woo! life I could only date mentally ill women. That is 100% true. What do you do if you break it? Do you say, I broke your muff? Can I have another? Wow. Sorry, I should have handled it a bit more carefully. Oh, yeah. Well, I shall give Scott some points for being disgusting. Mm. Nice. A woman who hopes to achieve the world's fattest vagina admits that her plastic surgery procedures have their drawbacks. Wow. Did someone just fall over and die? I think so. Good God, madam. You're drinking beer and spilling it all over the place over there. Trying. You are. Try and keep the cans on the table, madam. The that wannabe... was my big that was <laughs> your... lips falling <laughs> on the oh, floor. As the cast has come off. <laughs> Now we need three big hairy men. More plaster. Let's get a lever. We're going to need a skateboard. Well, I'm glad it came off after it dried. Yeah. The wannabe blow-up doll, who goes by the name of Mary Magdalene, says she's battled health complications as a result of her cosmetic surgeries. Have you seen pictures of her? No. Oh, it's a disaster. Yes. Well, we're going to go and see more of her in a minute. The 24-year-old says intimate injections have caused her to swell up down there. No kidding. But despite these issues, she doesn't regret spending £76,000, which is knocking at about $130,000-$120,000, could have bought a house, on her surgery transformations. This is probably because the vagina op has had a positive effect on her sex life. Do we want a fat vagina? Is this something we want? 
Is it? Is it's not really the gyna? It's more of the labia. The the camel's toe, right? I mean, there's many things I want in a vagina, but fat isn't one of them, I guess. I don't know. Do you want a fat vagina, Scott? I mean, do you have preferences there? Skinny, fat? I mean, what do you what do you want there? I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> He's never been asked that on the radio before. I just want one. <laughs> Mary plans to share snaps of her fattened vagina once the area heals up. So watch this space. While she's on the road to recovery, the Canadian influencer is still facing complications. She said it's a lot better than it was. However, I have complications with the fat, so I need to keep getting vagina injections to even it out. I'm worried about one side because it keeps growing. (gasps) I think it's probably from swelling. So she has a lopsided fat vagina. She has a fat lip. Yeah, she's been given a fat lip. But the doctor told me not to worry, so I'm trying to relax. Thankfully, it hasn't been all doom and gloom for the fetish model. She says the surgery has helped her to feel more confident and creative. Mary explained, I feel more confident naked, and I love showing it off in my clothes. If you like looking like a deformed blow-up doll, yeah. Yeah. My favourite type of cleavage is now the camel's toe. Although when I bend over, it looks like a ball sack. The it perfect does. look, really. It's what you're looking for, isn't Elephantitis it? of the nuts. It's like your dad bending over in his pyjamas to put your Christmas presents under the tree and you're thinking you've got some bagpipes. Wow. I've been making paintings with my vagina. This is all the craze, apparently. Everyone's doing it. I guess if you've got a bigger paintbrush, you can get more coverage, haven't you? So this surgery has really inspired me to be more creative as well. So there's your fanny art. Really? Wow. Fat down below or look out, it's going to blow. You decide. You can go to our Facebook site and see the woman for yourself in glorious technique colour. Miss Morris, you have the final story of the episode. You are bringing up the rear in the round of Not For Your Mama. Well, as the UK continues adjusting to life in lockdown, Brits are missing many things from the pre-coronavirus world. Seeing friends, going out for a meal, or having a pint in the pub are high on most people's lists. Fish and chips. But there's another thing many are craving. Soccer. And that's sex. A little bit of physical love. You know. I didn't think that had been outlawed. Arby's. So, it's hardly surprising that sex toy companies have seen a spike in online orders, with many reporting sales have almost doubled since lockdown began. Joe Silver and James Pearson, who run Olivia Ocean, and their team are working harder than ever to get the increased number of deliveries out to customers, which ensuring they're staying safe by social distancing. Joe 27 says sales went through the roof. I've had to say lots of products are out of stock. We just weren't ready for this overload of people wanting some loving. Everybody's at home and they've got a lot of spare time. I thought that said sperm <laughs> on their they've hands. They've got a lot of sperm on their hands <laughs> and a lot of toilet paper to get through. No. So that's good news. Oh. Have you had more sperm on your hands recently <laughs> no. with the shutdown? No. You sure? I'm working. <laughs> so are they. <laughs> We're only human. Everyone is just a bit randy, let's be honest. In the yeah, first... randy, baby. Randy. Oh, behave. <laughs> Everybody 
Well, they have a lot of sperm on their hands. In the first week alone, their Don't sales touch your face. increased by 38%, and they're expecting it to hit 50% by the weekend. They would normally sell out at uh, 1500 a day from their Harrogate office. Harrogate, that's up by York. That's a really nice town, Harrogate. Is it's it? Victorian. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous town to walk around. They have like cake shops and tea shops and antiques. That's a fun place to be. Well, last week alone, they it's went too rich from... for us, by the way. We couldn't afford to live there. Us but I wanna. Well, you can't. Dang. You're not even British. I don't care. I could become British. British inge. Yeah, I like the inge. Inge. I got oh 100. God. It would be funny to bring forth next week the British citizenship test and see how many questions you get right. None. Yeah. I can't even get American ones right. Well. <laughs> They'd probably kick me out of this country. Yes, you'd be disowned by America for not knowing any of the questions. Anything. No. Not knowing anything. I've seen the American citizenship test. I'm contemplating doing it myself at some point Why? in the future. They ask you questions like, uh, name a state that borders Canada, or can you name a Native American tribe? Who's the vice president? Who was president during the Second World War? I mean, these are the kind of things that you're being asked. They ask about the amendments. Not of politics. Yeah. Well, anyway, last week they sold 5,000 instead of 1,500. Day after day, we come in and we're up on what we were before. But the reason that I gave you this story is because it was supposed to tell me what people were buying. So we're going to have a list of what people, the top selling items mm. are. Want to guess? Is that a fanny paintbrush? I don't know. I didn't read the story. You've not read the story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I hope it hasn't been make here. Some stuff up. I'm going to make some stuff up. Okay. There was a, a double ended <sighs> fuck stick. That was number one on the list. There are a lot of products that have been particularly popular, popular since lockdown, including their couple's mystery box where they get a naughty surprise for a grab bag. <laughs> a grab bag. <laughs> yeah, that's where should, you get one of those muff cups or whatever. The muff, muff mold. Cup. <laughs> muff mold, yeah. muff cup. Who muff cares? Mold. You got a muff cup? Yes, I've got Scott. a muff cup so I don't get me whiskers <laughs> caught in me tea. Oh. Uh, Olivia Ocean started off in a slightly unconventional way when James sent Joe a photo of a sex toy with no explanation. That's how they got started. Yeah, I know. I knew him quite well, so I knew he was a bit of a joker, but I didn't know what angle this was. At first, From above, surely. Oh, God, gross. But when I started looking into it, on it, whatever, <laughs> I realized it was a massive market. <laughs> He didn't think I was going to say market. No. And there aren't a lot of people to compete with. After some research, we found people don't want to spend a lot of cash to buy a sex toy. Yes, please go get your sex toys from Dollar General. Get the cheap stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and go through the gears in a week. Melt down the Tupperware into odd shapes. Yeah. Yeah, you're the only person I know who's ruined the transmission on those. <laughs> You're terrible. I know how to change them out. <laughs> you know how to change the <laughs> transmission on a dildo. <laughs> you can see the Ikea one. You <laughs> <laughs> got a, a talkie. <laughs> oh, God, I'm, she's torn through the transmission again. I'm a vibrator grease monkey. Nice. 
Well, I can vouch for the fact you're a monkey. EGM. <laughs> well, after some market research, we found people don't want to spend a lot of money. None. So they're melting their Tupperwares because they might realize it's not for them and you can't return them after you use them or you're not supposed to. I was at a flea market <laughs> once where I see a big box of dildos and it was kind of like, pick no, which one you want for no a You did not. Yeah, I did, yeah. That's Honest, not true. That is 100% That is true. disgusting. Pick, what, it was like one of those cranes where the, the little crane comes down and <laughs> grabs one. <laughs> and you can't get it to go into the hole because it wobbles too much. That's right, yes. Still greasy. Like the eager beaver. I have no clue. Your mouth's moving. I hear the words, but I have no clue what's going on. I used to have one. Okay. Do you want to announce that to our listeners of all yeah. the things you've had? And the... a white rabbit. And a monkey spanker. Everybody's happy. Spanking the monkey. Well, anyway, it started going really well. I couldn't believe how well it was going. People couldn't get enough of what we are supplying. So they do everything from photos to mixers to big ones. Okay. Lots of big ones. Jelly green giant. Ho, ho, ho. Who knew it would increase with everybody staying home? Yeah. Yes. I bet that at some point in the near future, there's going to be a baby boom. There will everybody. be nine yeah. months from now. Absolutely. Like after the Second World War. Everyone <sighs> will be at it. Did you see what people, they're trying to come up with names after this baby boom. Like coronies or something. Coronies. Yes. I know what you're like, millennials and boomers. Correct. Coronies. This is the way we're going. I don't know. I, I think don't... that's going to happen. It we're is also gonna gonna, This is going to make a change. We're getting off topic because we've been talking about dildos, but now we're going to talk economics. Great. Um, people have suddenly realized they can work from home. I think when this virus is finished, everyone will stay working at home. They'll think to themselves, why do I need to go into work when I've just spent two months working from home perfectly reasonably? Why do I need to go into work when I can make boob paintings? This is also true. You, you can, can make Smurf paintings? Yes, you can do a cast of your bits and pieces. I can film it. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Well, too much sperm on my hands. Oh, now, <laughs> go wash your glands. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Miss Morris who scored herself Whatever. six points. She gets a set of false teeth and a box of fuses and a night in Switzerland. Mm. In third place tonight is myself. I score a nice rounded symmetrical eight. I get a Dynac and a nice crab dinner with candles. Not very tasty, but plenty of nourishment. Mm. In second place tonight is Scott who scored himself nine points. He gets a ticket to a Frankenstein museum with Elizabeth Bennett and a random collection of body parts, but tonight a resplendent first place winner winning the $33,000 IR camera is Michelle. Yay. She gets an image of Christ in a tree in Colombia and no drugs were involved. Oh. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I'd love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Why not jump over to SoundCloud right now, MQTA Radio, where you'll get an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Michelle Corrie and Scott Kenner, and all at the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.